are recording. Today I have on Benji Richards. He's a developer, a blockchain developer at Blockies, one of the best known blockchain development companies, training companies specifically in the world. Uh, Benji started off in the industry. He has slowly been working his way up and he's here today to tell us how you can quickly become a high level developer in the blockchain industry for anyone that wants to get mid to senior level positions in blockchain, exciting industry. He's going to tell us how to do that quickly today. So Benji, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the content you produce. It helps me out a lot and I'm sure it helps a lot of other people out in the industry. Definitely. Um, you know, and I reached out to you because not only are you a blockchain developer, but you're at one of the biggest blockchain companies in the world. And that's a highly desirable position. A lot of people would like to be in. Uh, can you talk at all about how someone can structure the first part of their career to kind of set themselves up to get where you're at now? Like what are the best routes to get yourself there? If people are looking at you and saying, you know, there's no way I could ever get there. How can I become this blockchain developer and get this kind of position? Yeah. So it's absolutely achievable. Like even if you don't have the skill sets now, it's something that you can work on and eventually get to what I would say one of the most important parts of being a blockchain developer in the industry would be is not your education, not having a degree or a PhD or whatever, but rather being able to actually produce and build something. So if you want to become an Ethereum developer or EOS developer, actually go out and figure out how to build something on the platforms and keep building until you actually have built something quite interesting. And once you have that out there, it's going to gain some attention and you'll have job offers coming in much quicker than you know what to do with. Yeah. <laughs> once you get that experience actually building them um for someone who's just coming in can you lay out maybe we can just talk about a little about what you think the best first steps would be if you're say say you're someone that's learned a little bit of code but you've never gone through a formal training process haven't been to a boot camp yet haven't decided to really take that leap and commit the hours necessary to even get a, a first position what would you say is the first step people should take or how should they so yeah, the first step is like, let's assume, as you said, that you do have a little bit of code. One of the very first steps I would suggest would be going through tutorials. There's so many on Medium or Crypto Zombies or anything like that. They're really simple step by step. It shows you the instructions and you have to figure out how to like sort of piece it together. Some of them are, it gives you the code pretty much. And the some are more advanced where it just tells you roughly what you have to do. And then you have to figure out actually how to build it. So work your way up, start off with the really easy tutorials, move your way up. There's some great examples on YouTube even. BlockGeeks has some great content as well, like how to build a dApp. So seeing so you know some HTML and CSS, maybe a little bit of JavaScript, you can actually go from knowing just that, going through this entire course, and actually having your own functioning dApp, which means that you have your front end, so the stuff you interact with on the website, possibly even a back end, so a database to hold the user information. But the most important part is that you build some sort of smart contract and are using the front end to interact with that smart contract. So there's several great options out there. Uh, BlockGeeks, I think it's actually just called uh, How to Build a DApp on BlockGeeks. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that. That's interesting. I didn't know you could do that much with just a little bit of HTML and CSS and JavaScript. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's, it's not too difficult to get into. Now, there's like a big barrier if you want to actually build your own blockchain. Okay. But if you're going to be building stuff on blockchains, which is what we do call blockchain developers, it, you can quickly gain the skills to build the smart contracts. If you know just a little bit of JavaScript, 
but there's a there is a large leap between building something that works and then building something that's production level that can handle ten million dollars and not get stolen. So just because you can build something, you still have a lot more to learn, though. Okay, so there's a huge leap from being able to build on a blockchain to build something on a blockchain that's production ready, and then there's also a huge leap between being able to build on a blockchain and building your own blockchain. Can you talk about the difference in skill sets you're going to need to be able to build on a blockchain, like building a DApp versus building your own blockchain? Yeah. Um, so building a DApp, you would need to pretty much know how to code a smart contract. And generally, let's take Ethereum for an example. That would be you need to know the coding language Solidity. Now, this coding language is pretty easy to pick up. It's not super complex. Crypto Zombies is a great tutorial about how to do that. BlockGeeks also has other good material on it. But that, there's a big leap because you can make a contract that works, but it could be insecure or have a vulnerability. So that doesn't matter though if you're just building a simple dApp to play around with. But if that were to go live on the main net and actually had money in it, you would be exposed to all these white hat, black hat hatter, or hackers out there. And they would be able to try getting the money out of there. And pretty much, unless you're really good at Solidity or you follow very strictly the best practices for what to do in there, the odds are that they will find a vulnerability because there are just so many, like unintuitive ones as well. Um, I can go into a little bit of depth later on that, but I would just highly recommend looking up some Solidity smart contract uh, vulnerabilities because there's way more than you would think. Such as like, you might think this one variable can only be a number, but they could actually make it like an infinite number that breaks everything. Stuff like that. Um, when you actually are talking about building your own blockchain, that would be something like EOS, Ethereum, or you could even, even consider like forking Ethereum, which means taking the code for Ethereum and essentially creating a new blockchain. You can call it whatever you want. That you're gonna have to be a significantly uh, more advanced programmer because it's just not dealing with JavaScript or Solidity or anything like that. Um, that there's just a very few people in the industry that know actually how to do that and all of them are working on either their own projects or are making several hundred thousand dollars working for other companies such as EOS or uh, other Ethereum forks. So beginning, you can make your own dApps, smart contracts and everything. That's really easy. Then there's like the middle layer that's still hard to get to. That's production level dApps. But even that is fantastic if you can do that. And then finally, the top tier is actually building or working on your own blockchain. Okay. And to be clear, for building dApps, especially using on Ethereum, using things like Solidity, that's going to be similar to JavaScript, correct? If you know JavaScript, you're in a good place to learn Solidity. Is that correct? Yeah, okay. exactly. It, it is similar in a way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it is similar in a way, but it is, the data storage is a little bit different and it can get a little bit wonky. It's also a lot less, I wouldn't say less secure. Both languages are, have their own vulnerabilities but generally people don't know about them because if a line of JavaScript breaks, there might be an error on your server. But if a line of Solidity doesn't do what you hope it does, you just lost a lot of money. That sounds like a steep learning curve looking for these, these <laughs> potential uh, weak points. Uh, what I don't understand, so maybe this is just my ignorance in the area, is if you have all these potential weak points you're looking for in you know, a DAP or anything built on a blockchain, it seems almost like you have to be a computer security expert in addition to being able to do via developer. How do, how do people like, how do you create like the ability to find all these potential weak points and then fix them if you're 
trying to be a developer. It seems like two separate jobs. Yeah, very much. Like finding the weak points would be like a full-time career. Like you spent years and years like learning solidity and you know everything there is to mm-hmm. know about it. Like that's your one thing. Um, I'd say the vast majority, probably over 99% of developers that know solidity are not at the level to be able to find all the bugs or to be what we would call an auditor of the mm-hmm. code to find those bugs. Mm-hmm. So really, if you're building a project, for a company or you got a job as a blockchain engineer, the code that you create, they'll have it go through an external source to audit it. So it's great that you know the vulnerabilities and you try avoiding them, but still it's always good practice to have your code audited by those very, very few people in the industry that really know what they're doing. Okay, great. So that's awesome. I mean, the fact that someone can get on and develop their own dApps just using stuff like uh, crypto zombies or tutorials on block eats is great. When someone then wants to move to be able to create production level dApps, what what are the changes they need to make in their, their workflow, their skill level? What does that look like? Yeah, so I would just really recommend once you build your first smart contract and have your dApp working, you can do test it on something called the testnet, which is the exact same thing as the main Ethereum net. So that's where you would send an Ethereum token or any other smart contract, but it's like in a test environment. So you have all this fake Ethereum that you can use to run the transactions and try breaking it in there. Try seeing if every single function does what you think it does. Try giving it inputs that it shouldn't be able to handle and see what happens. And then there's great communities that you can pass your smart contracts around in, like on Reddit, or just go to some channels on Gitter. Talk to developers in the community and ask them to look at your contract, because chances are a fresh pair of eyes might be able to find something that you missed. And it could help you out a lot. Generally, like we find dApps aren't holding too much money in them, thankfully. So obviously you're gonna have a lot less people that with malicious intent looking at your contract. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Like if you're just building a game dApp and it doesn't hold money in it, like you're like, what's the worst that can happen there? Like your server, your game could go down or something could happen, but you're not gonna lose a significant amount of money. So when you're looking at auditing your code, you are doing an ICO or you're gonna have a significant amount of money flowing through it. Yeah. Uh- and what happens at that point? Because I know if you put it on a test net and, and run some tests yourself, that's great. But it's hard to match the you know incentive people have when there's millions of dollars on, on one of these blockchains. How do people test to get ready for that type of environment? Is there, do they hire people to audit their code for them? Do they have some sort of network of people that they send it out to to audit it? How does that work? Yeah, so generally uh, it's a little bit getting into the world of smart contract auditing, which is an area that I'm more so specialized in is it's really expensive. Honestly, to have your code audited, one of the cheaper companies would be called Hosho. And you then like at the top, you'd have Zeppelin and New Alchemy, but like Hosho, which is a cheaper one, it would cost between 30 and a hundred thousand dollars us, which is not really affordable for your average developer. So uh, block geeks has a product called bounty one bounty one.io. And it actually does make affordable smart contracts audits. So it's a decentralized crowdsource auditing platform where audits are significantly more affordable just for like DAP projects people are working on. And it passes it on to a community of senior Solidity developers that we have that we've vetted very, very thoroughly for them to try finding bugs. So it's a great resource for that. And it makes it a lot more affordable compared to what the industry is using right now. Oh, wow. That's wild. What was the name of that again? It's called bounty1.io. Okay. So, yeah, just. I'll definitely link that. Cool. So, 
if you're a dApp developer or you have some knowledge of how to build onto these blockchains and you decide, you know what, I want to just, I want to build my own, where, where are the next steps that you then have to take in terms of skills you have to learn languages and, uh, I guess skills outside of just coding that you might need to know. So as a, the industry right now, it's getting pretty fragmented with so many different blockchains. Mm-hmm. Like I think, the vast majority of our jobs are related to being a dApp developer. So that's building a smart contract and knowing how to connect it to the app. The skills that you would need to know very, very widely for building your own blockchain. There's so many, there's probably hundreds if not thousands of blockchains out there now. Yeah. So if you're a dApp developer and you find one feature, something's really bothering you about a chain, then really consider the reasons you would start a new chain or blockchain and Still, if you want to go ahead, then likely you probably have something really good and go for it. But it, you can choose whatever tech stack you want to build it on, whatever language. And yeah, then go for it and build it. There's very few resources out there because, again, there's very, just a handful of people in the world that are doing that. Um, but really, really question why you're going to do that and what the problem is you're going to solve. Because the industry is getting so fragmented. We just, it makes, doesn't help having more blockchains. Well, it, it does help. Sorry, let me correct myself. It does help having more blockchains, but not just pointless blockchains that are just clones of others. Yeah. Ones with actual different functionality. Yeah. Um, so are there any, I guess, more widely used languages for people that are developing a blockchain from the ground up? Yeah. So um, maybe like from the ground up, it, you can choose whatever you want. But if you're going to like just start creating smart contracts, you, I think probably the best would be to learn Solidity or for Ethereum, a new one is get, gaining a lot of traction and it's called Viper. And it actually does handle a lot of the security issues that I was talking about with Solidity. You could also consider working on EOS, which is C++. And again, it does handle some issues that Solidity has, but there are some other issues you'd have to consider. It's really, you have to decide what blockchain you want to build on. And then you can figure out how to learn that language to build smart contracts on. Okay. That makes sense. So going back to kind of the more early stages for people, if someone's thinking about getting into this and they want to get some sort of education, what do you think about self-taught being a self-taught developer versus going to a coding bootcamp versus getting a degree? Um, yeah, great question. I've, I've seen several, I've seen it work well out of all three scenarios. Mm -hmm. So I've met genius programmers that are self-taught. I've met programmers who have PhDs in like random fields like biochemistry and they're just great programmers. And they also have a, like a degree in uh, engineering, computer engineering, but also boot camps. Some boot camps work out really well too. Uh, Generally boot camps, I find focus on web development. So that's great to like get in the door but focus, find out which bootcamp you really want and research it a lot. I think it, depending on your personality, some people have the discipline to spend 15 hours a day on their own learning how to code, mm-hmm. whereas some people don't. So maybe a bootcamp's better for those people because they'll help you really focus and steer you in the right direction. But if you're one of those extremely motivated people, then it might be better to do it on your own. A uh, computer science degree, I personally don't see the value in it. Like, I've never had a job where they asked if I have one even. Mm-hmm. Wow. I haven't even done an wow. interview where they asked if I had one. Like, now, that's, there's exceptions. Like, if you're going to work on some AI tech, 
yeah, you're going to have to have like a PhD in like neural nets or something like that. Mm -hmm. But for blockchain related, it's more, do you know what you're talking about and can you actually build something? And the next biggest thing I look for when we're hiring people is, are you willing to learn? Like, are you curious how this works? Because if someone's willing to learn, you can teach them anything. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's, that's some good advice. Um, let's see. So for these different types of jobs, I guess let's go with the two big ones we mentioned, which are people that are building uh, things like dApps and then people that are building blockchains. What are some of the salaries people can expect to make in the blockchain industry for those different types of positions? Yeah, so Solidity, let's say someone building a dApp, which I think is roughly close, like around EOS and NEO, the same salaries. Um, these are all in American. You, you could probably aim for in between like one and 200,000, depending on your skills set. And like, don't expect to get that, like your very first app out the door. But once you enter that field and you're actually good at building uh, smart contracts and you understand what it entails and start to learn some of the security side, yeah, you're definitely looking well over a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. And if you go on to actually developing your own blockchains or working on your own protocols or actually being able to do that. So beyond just building your own smart contracts, yeah, you'd be looking well over $200,000 for that. But generally at that point, people that are doing that have been around in the industry a long time and they're not, they don't need more money. So they're building, it's like their passion project and they're either taking equity in the company or tokens or some other incentive um, model. So definitely building your own blockchain is you get paid a lot more, but there's significantly fewer jobs and you have to be the absolute best of the best. So start off with building your own dApp, work on building dApps, becoming a dApp developer or, or just a smart contract developer. And then you can definitely transition into that as well. But even building dApps, you get paid significantly, like very well. Sounds like it. Uh, definitely. When you, when you were starting off, uh, did you ever, I know you learned a lot of front end development when you were just starting your career as a developer. Did you, think about becoming a front-end developer or a full-stack web developer and then move into blockchain or how did that happen? Or you always know you want to do it. If so, why, why did you learn so much front-end? Yeah. So I, yeah, I always knew I wanted to do blockchain. Okay. That's, I realized how much is going to change the world. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hype surrounding it. I don't want to be one of those hipster programmers that says I, I still was there before everyone else did it, but <laughs> I focused on blockchain. I really liked the technology behind it. I really got hooked by Monero and the ring signatures. If you can look into the map of that, it's really interesting. But I think, um, yeah, that'd be a great entry. If you're not a programmer already, becoming a web developer first could be a really good foot in the door because as you're, you're getting paid to learn essentially as a web developer, like you do a bootcamp or learn on your own, then you get your first job. You're, you're going to be learning so much and you're going to be learning how to learn at your first job, mm -hmm. you don't have to jump right into building your own dApp because you could be jumping in the deep end and like learn how to swim first, become a web developer, and then move into blockchain if you want. But the ideal job, these blockchain companies, a lot of them need web developers. So you could start off as a web developer at a blockchain company, then move into building more smart contracts for them and work your way through it like that. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah, that's a good point. They're all going to have both of those positions available. So. Great. Um, so would that be your advice to someone if they're not already a developer that's getting paid is to 
just get any job as a developer they can first before worrying about trying to become a you know paid blockchain developer? Um, I don't want to say just get any because generally, like at least in North America, like if you're a good web developer, you can actually build something that looks good and functions properly. You'll have quite a few job offers. It's all about how you would market yourself. Mm -hmm. So show what you can actually do, not your lack of experience. Because if you worked your butt off for however long the boot camp is, six months or a year or whatever, you're going to have more experience than someone that who's been dabbling in web development for four or five years, just on and off. So don't like, yes, you, I guess I don't want to say settle for a web development job. If that's the only one you can get, take it cause you're going to be getting paid to learn yeah. and then you can transition into blockchain. Yeah. But if you can get a blockchain right away, job right away, that's, that's ideal. Yeah. Even, even better. Um, so, you know, you've been doing this now. It sounds like you're, you know, have a lot of opportunities. Do you have any creative or entrepreneurial projects you're thinking about doing with your, you know, current depth development skills or? Yeah. Yeah. I love building stuff just for fun. That's like my passion. I was building a DAP game before I was here. Um, it's like CryptoKitties sort of meets Pokemon Go, but um, I'm really passionate about the Bounty One project. So that's actually taking up pretty much all my time. Like, I don't really find work and like, I don't need a hobby because like, I really like what I'm building. I believe in the vision. I'm not just doing that, like just help my job. I don't really have a boss per se, but it's just, if you can find a job where you really like what you're building, you might not need a side hustle like that. But then again, if you're a web developer, you can always find side jobs to make extra money if that's what you want, or you can just build out your dream app that you've always wanted to build. I have a few friends that are doing that. So they're blockchain engineers as well. And they're working on their own side project and actually looks like some of them might get funding pretty soon, which is yeah. exciting for them. Yeah. So build out your DAP, really get it like not fleshed out. It doesn't have to look perfect, but the mechanics of it should be pretty fleshed out. Yeah. And then if it starts gaining traction, who knows where that could go? Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's definitely pretty exciting, especially for some of your buddies that might be getting funding. That's, that's definitely, that's crazy. Um, so what do you think it was about, I guess, blockchain? So I know, you know, it's an exciting field, definitely. I agree there is a lot of hype. Still, still a very exciting field. I think most people agree eventually it will change the world. What do you think, is there anything else about it? Maybe some part of it's uniquely challenging or just a good mix of different types of skills that, that drew you to it or that you know, make you want to stick in that in this industry? Yeah, um, I'm drawn to things that I don't understand. Like, I think it should be this way. Then, like, the answer is actually it's not. And that happens, like, every day in, this, in the blockchain space. Like, mm -hmm. if you want, like, there's a few examples you can look up, like, how private keys work. Like, if you think about it, you just have this string of numbers and letters, and you put it into your computer, and it lets you into, like, have your Bitcoin wallet or Ethereum wallet. And, like, there is a string out there that, would have billions of dollars in it, but you can never guess that because it's just too big or the math behind it. I find stuff like that really interesting. I find it the challenge of building something with value in the industry it hard, but also like I really enjoy that challenge of like trying to build something that adds value to people. Mm -hmm. And blockchain is in like a very uh, early stage. So transactions are expensive, they're slow. 
And it's, if someone has a solution for that, generally it's either centralized or it might be insecure. But despite all this, if you can find something to build that you love building, it's only gonna get better, the space. So if you like it now and can build something useful, it's gonna be just exponentially better in the future. Yeah, that's God, that's a, that's definitely super exciting. When you talk about things like ring signatures though, that drew you to Monero, I just can't help but think there's just so much math. And I think I think that's an idea that maybe maybe is true for certain positions, maybe isn't for other ones, but it definitely turns some potential people that can be interested in it off because they hear about all the math you need to know. You know, of course, cryptography has a lot of math. What would you say to that? Do all developers need to know a lot of math? How much do you need to know? Yeah, actually, like, uh, before I was coding a lot, like, a long time ago, I was much better at, like, mental math and math in my head than now when I'm a programmer because I can get the computer to do it all. Mm -hmm. Generally, as a dApp developer, you would not have much math at all. You would need to know how to have the computer multiply something for you, mm -hmm. which is very simple. But, yeah, like... It does seem like a very complex field because of a lot of the cryptography and math, elliptic curve theory, as you said, ring signatures. It's all very, um, it's the state of the art cryptography, right? So don't let that turn you off though, because DAP development can be as simple or as complex as you would like it to be. So if you are shying away from it because you say you're not good at math, don't worry about it. A lot of it doesn't have to do with math. There's I'm sure there's DAP developers that don't even know what five times like 10 is or something really basic. <laughs> yeah. You would have to have a calculator for it. So don't shy away from it just because of that. Nice. I just have a couple more questions too. And, and one of them is your front end development skills. How often are you still using them as a DAP developer for Bakis? Yeah. So at Bounty One, I actually built out the platform myself. Okay. So that was using React and the front end side of it which I also do like, um, but the smart integrating with the smart contract is very interesting as well. So I did the full DAP front end, back end, uh, what little database we did use before and then the smart contract and actually connecting them together. Oh, wow. Um, so depending on the job, you might have a DAP developer that'd be more of a uh, smart contract developer who they just focus on solidity. Now those jobs are much more rare because generally companies don't have to pump out a ton of smart contracts. But generally, if you're a DAP developer, you're going to be building the front end and editing or changing or tweaking the smart contract. So you, you'll be doing both. Like probably it could be around 70% front end or full stack development and 30% smart contracts, or it could just, that range can vary so widely depending on where you work and what you do. Mm -hmm. Cool. No, that totally, that totally makes sense. And, uh, Oh shoot, I lied. There's one more that I forgot about. Security. Do you how much have you learned? Have you had to learn a ton in your current position? Yeah, a lot. Um really. Because we do handle quite a bit of money in our contracts and we are an auditing firm now. Uh oh, I had a it was quite a lot of a steep learning curve, learning from other auditors, kind of getting following them and seeing how they did it, what they looked for, how they went through the process, learning their mentality for that and their strategies, which is like it gets pretty complicated but um my best advice would be find someone that you can learn from whether it's in person or online or you just follow their blog and learn from that um security is a big thing in the blockchain space because you always hear about these hacks and you don't want to be the next one but in order not to be the next one you would either have to spend a ton of money on getting your contract audited or 
you would have to find some like a good community to help you double check all your code. So it, it's a fine line, but if you're going to have a lot of money in your contracts, I would suggest getting them audited because no one can know everything about security. Yeah, no, totally. Um, man, that's just such a, such a wide range of skills. All right. Well, this is my real last question. Uh, is there anything else that you would like people to know or advice you have for people that are trying to get into this space that we didn't already touch on? Uh, my advice would be, I think I touched on it a little bit, but don't get scared by the space. Like, yeah, blockchain sounds super complex. You can see really complex formulas. Like there's some written behind me that I have no idea what those do. <laughs> um, uh, but if you're, you can get into this space and either you'd never have to learn it if you don't want to, or you can learn it and start going in that direction, but don't get scared away by the complexity. Everything seems super complex. And a lot of time engineers like making their jobs sound more complex than they are just because then they feel smart. So sometimes it's really simple. Like it could be literally like one line of code and then your app works, or it could be like you're missing a semicolon or something like that. That's why your app's not working. And you just ripped your hair off for six hours. They're going to go through really tough moments, but it's just as long as you know it's worth it. Like I think it's worth it for me. I love it. I build cool stuff and have a blast doing it. Yeah. But just make sure your motives are in the right place and stick through it. Definitely. Well, Benji, we can chat after. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this. But uh, thank you for coming on and giving people all your advice. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.